in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hey, welcome everybody to another brand new episode of the Top Ten Show. I am John Roca, uh, and I am the one and only Mister Matt Nost. <laughs> uh, we are back again this week to have a little fun with you all, counting down a new top ten list, uh, and we're excited to count this one down. And of course, uh, this is what the uh, last episode of the month, so you will be getting shoutouts. So listen. For uh, your name at the end of the show, if you're a member of the Patreon at the uh, $5 and above level, you will get your name shouted out at the end of the show. Uh, and is this one that uh, one of our patrons came up with, Matt, or is this one we came up with? No, this is a patron-driven uh, show. Okay. And it was by Manuel Rivera. Rivera. Oh, thank you, Manuel. Gracias, Manuel. Uh, and he sent it in. He sent it a bunch of great choices, and we both looked at each other. And I'm like, dude, we haven't done Ron Howard. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot of great movies. Like I, I can see people making a case for movies that weren't going to make my list and be like, come on, that's a great movie. Uh, and there's two I haven't seen. Okay. The newest. I haven't seen Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, yeah. The weird thing is for the people it works for, apparently it works resoundingly well. Really? Okay. But I've heard nothing but bad. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. In the heart of the I've never seen. No, I've never seen in the heart of the Well, I did try to see in the heart of the sea and I stopped. It was like 30 minutes in. I was like, <sighs> I tried to make time for it to see it in the theater. And then once it left the seat theater, I totally forgot about it. And yeah. it was like, oh, yeah, in the heart of the sea. Yeah. Uh, but that was it for yeah. me. I think I've seen everything else the man has done. Well, I mean, you know, Ron Howard has done so many things. And, you know, he's one of those rare people that, that, uh, child actor. Into successful actor in his uh, teen, late teens, twenties, into a directing career. Uh, he worked with incredible people initially, and you know, obviously through Happy Days, Andy Griffith on the Andy Griffith Show, John Wayne in The Shootist. Uh, so you know, he's got a resume full of some stuff, and then made his move into directing at a young age in the eighties, uh, and was able to find some uh, some uh, credibility. Uh, and uh, keep going, and then of course he's still doing it now. As you said, Matt, as Matt mentioned, he'll be an elegy, and he passed uh, the acting and directing gene on to his daughter Bryce Dallas Howard, who directed a couple episodes of The Mandalorian, uh, as well as being in a number of films in the Jurassic World franchise. So you know, shout out to him, shout out to the life, the Howard family, his yeah, and his brother, like they've got a lot of working actors in that family, yeah. I mean, Ron Howard even showed up in a Jamie Foxx rap video, blame it on the, with T-Pain, getting out of a car. Yeah, I think it was, club. he happened to be on the lot at the same time, and Jamie saw him and said, hey, do you want to be in this video? I believe that's the story. And Ron Howard was like, sure. And walked <laughs> over and was in the, I'm, it's the most Hollywood and seemingly Ron Howard of stories. Just, he seems like a normal dude that does this for a living. It seems like a great guy, but yeah. maybe one of the most uncoolest dudes you could, you could have stepping out of a club, because I didn't have a car to go into a club 
uh, with rap music blaring. So, but it's just, Ron Howard, so it's just, <sighs> like it doesn't. It's it transcends it. I guess so. There, <laughs> it was it was quirky for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, and that's why they both agreed to it. It's fun. It's you know, yeah. it'll make people go, "What the? Why is Ron Howard in this?" Yeah, a thousand percent. Uh, <laughs> and we remember to this day. If Jamie Foxx had not asked him to be in it, I wouldn't remember that song. Well, that video, at least, maybe the song. Oh, all right, that's fair. That's fair. Because uh, it'd be just another video of an R and B single. Like, I'm sorry, I don't watch MTV or watch videos anymore. So that shit is lost on me. I get it. Totally get it. Yeah. Uh, I just remember the first time I was like, what in the fuck? Yeah. As, look, there was pieces about the video before it came out saying oh, yeah. Ron Howard's yeah. going to be in this video. So they got a little hype and it helped, you know, land it a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, seems like a chill dude. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what, Corman gave him his first directorial shot. Roger Corman did. Yeah. 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 On, uh, uh, what is it? Grand Theft Auto, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shit, I heard him tell a story about that once, but I, you know, I'll I'll butcher the details okay. of what it was like. How did he get the job? You know, right. Uh, I knew it came down to budget on almost every decision. Well, of course, it's you know, but, you do a small thing like that, it's always going to come down to budget, right? That just makes sense. It's true. That's true. Um, but yeah. So when we hadn't done it, we were like, oh, there's, you know, just thinking about because the other options were good. But yeah, uh, it just jumped out. And there's a whole slew of movies we never get to talk about. And they're all he makes like a solid movie every time. It's pretty rare when Ron Howard doesn't make at the very least a solid movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could. I think you could argue that he does have some films that didn't that aren't good, but it's rare that he doesn't. uh, It's rare that he makes one of those. It's rare that he makes one of those. Yeah. That is just not good right. from a technical standpoint from a like choices i don't you know understand right uh but yeah i, I think we both once we looked at his imdb and we're like how this is the no-brainer choice of the year yeah i mean yeah, yeah. 2021 is pretty early so you can make those kind of calls those grandiose calls in january <laughs> <laughs> so very true very true. Uh, very true well before we get into that do you want to yep. do the plugs for yeah. the upcoming. Let's do it. We have, we have two live shows coming up for you. Last week we told you about one, and we said it's two for January. Yeah, we got you know, you want one? Screw you! You got to take two. So February fourth, we're gonna do the Golden Ticket Finals live. It is a Thursday. It's gonna be at two p.m. Pacific time. Mm-hmm. So uh, tune in for that. You can find it on. It'll be on what our YouTube channel. Yeah, our YouTube channel. You come over there. Just type in our names in the top ten, and it should come up. And you can go and subscribe there. But yes, we will be going live, uh, two p.m. PT, uh, on the YouTube channel yes. with our two. We've gotten to the finals. You know, people haven't seen the other semi, but we've gotten to the finals. So uh, it's gonna be quite a, a live event. You don't want to miss this. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, and maybe we'll even bring some of you all in live to tell us your thoughts about the uh, tournament and about who sure. won. Yeah, and about the game. Sounds like a great idea. Yeah. I love everything about it. You just spitballed on the air, and I fucking <laughs> I co-signed that immediately. If we can yeah. make the time, I'm I'm on board. Okay. I love it, too. Uh, do a little after show, and we just steer every question to, yeah, but, I mean, you're, the announcers were your favorite part, right? <laughs> 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 I mean, that, that was memorable, but... 
Do you see how he asked that question though? I think it was a lot in the telling. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we'll do all right. <laughs> That's Gary Cole and Jason Bateman. Oh man. It's a bold move. Cotton. Let's see if it, where he's off. Man, that it's, it works so well. It's such a ridiculous <laughs> addition. It works so well. Of course. The Easily my favorite part of that movie. The Ocho. Uh, we'll have to do our own sideline interviews, Matt, unless we uh, unless we get someone to do the sideline interviews. I think we'll have to do our own sideline interviews. We don't have to do sideline interviews. We don't need to I mean, make the junior down. This is we got- <laughs> It's fine. Listen, the Schmodown didn't invent that. They took that off a morning event. It's a junior Schmodown. Uh, they do the <laughs> sideline, like checking yeah, in. Because and- they took it off the sports. So it's it's no big deal. It's no- sure. You know, we're not, they didn't come up with something novel with that sideline reporting shit. We can do that. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, we, we, you know, we'll go in the locker room. We'll go in the locker room. And see <laughs> so whoever loses, oh, how did that feel? I think we all know how that feels. So they got to uh, answer questions. <laughs> they're getting paid so they can't dodge them. Uh, it's uh, uh I'm trying to go in now, Matt. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be let in to, to speak with the loser of the final. Yeah, it'll be like that. Have you ever seen uh, Brian Regan's bit about that? No. Where somebody comes over from the winner's, uh, like a reporter from the winner's side, he comes over yeah. to the loser's side. No, it's a coach or oh. something like that. I can't remember. What. But he comes in, he's like, I got to tell you guys, they're, they're giving you a lot of credit in that other <laughs> locker room. <laughs> Just Oh, the amount of credit you're getting right now. Tough, you know, tough loss. It's such a good fucking bit. <laughs> he uh, makes the best, dumbest phases. Like, oh, God. He's, a, he's an artist. He is. He is very he's an artist. Dumb. You ever heard his, uh, he had to go, <laughs> he had to go to the hospital, the emergency room, and he was having pain. But then while in there, like he was trying to figure out on the pain scale, yeah. But he heard that breaking his leg was the worst. And he was like, well, that's a 10. So I don't want to be a 10. And he goes through this whole thing and then eventually says a number as if the pain, the guys that broke their legs are going to come in. And they're like, ah! and like every time he steps on the broken leg, it's so good. And only he could do it. Only he can pull off his. <laughs> ah, Friday, that guy. That's hilarious, man. So good. One of my all time favorites. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, anyway, all right. So, uh, what uh, what else? Uh, what else? So, those are our two announcements. So, put them in well, the calendar. Uh, and yeah, then February fourth, and then February eighteenth for our patrons. You'll get the show a week early on that Thursday at two p.m. Yep. Probably at noon uh, Pacific Standard Time on the eighteenth, and we'll have a yep. private link for the people at ten dollars and above. So, join us there. You get to watch the show and then listen to it again on uh, Tuesday. You know, yep. best yep. of both worlds. We don't edit the show, ladies and gentlemen, so you will get us authentic and raw uh, live uh, mm-hmm. on February 18th doing the show. We are going to do the show, uh, and just like with the other one, maybe uh, some of you will be able to be, uh, well, we'll read some of your comments. I don't know if we're bringing people on live, but we can certainly read your comments yeah. and stuff as we're doing the show. That's where, okay, we should probably do this off air, but fuck it. We already did one right. thing on there. I'll give right. you an idea. Okay. Uh, so on that one, yeah, way back in when the first time we did Collider on video, and I was Ooh. like, "Hey, what about doing this?" Because after we did Spielberg, yeah, Riley came up to me and was like, "You're dead wrong," and gave me the "what for" for like yeah. thirty seconds, and then turned back into Riley and like, "So how you been?" You know, just <laughs> perfect Riley. But he's like, "Ah, oh, ET not on the list." I wanted to bring in 
and do if somebody walk in and just like, let's get the Riley take this week and be like, you guys are idiots. You should have had this. And then we just pull them out. Wow. Okay. So that or like, I love this choice. You're right about number two or whatever. Be like, there you go. There's your two cents. Just bring. Who would, who would you want to bring in? Would you want to like get that ahead of time, or would you want to bring a fan in live to do that uh, to say that to us? Well, I'm saying one of the patrons. Oh, one watching. of the patrons. All yeah. right. I'm down be with watching. That. Yeah. All right. See, like we'll, see we'll, we'll figure out the logistics of how to make it happen. Sure. I'm cool with it. So yeah, now not only do you get to watch us live do the show, now maybe one or two of you. Uh, or three of you will get to comment and comment maybe at the midway mark or at the end about the overall list Who knows? and your feelings about it. You know? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe we'll have one of you flip a coin if we get to that point where we need to. Ooh. Maybe that'll be the first fair toss in this entire <laughs> history of the show. No, uh, dude. Didn't you, you've already gotten the numbers from somebody yeah, you I don't know. last time, and it's basically dead even. Statistically, that, it's within the, the uh, margin of error. I suspect that it's your cousin or some family member affiliated to you that came up with those random numbers that were so close, apparently. Uh, I can't trust him. I don't trust him. So. I can't remember if that is uh, libel or libelous <laughs> or what the correct term for that specific slander is. How dare you? How dare but you? My, my lawyers will be reaching out. How, oh, dare, please. You? Yes, please. How dare you, my cousin? Your family uh, listens to the show. So they know. do. But have you ever seen them participate in any kind of social media activity whatsoever? No. Zip Zilcho. Yeah, it's true. I haven't. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, could be so a first time for everything. There uh, could be a first time for everything. <laughs> but yeah, I think all ideas are on the table. I do like the somebody may we designate somebody beforehand. All right, we're yeah. coming to you for the coin flip. I like it. I like it. Uh yeah. Uh, uh, we're open to suggestions as well. What about this? All right. Is it, does anybody have bongos at home? Maybe we might be in to do the bongos. Yeah. Maybe if uh golden eyes is around, uh, he can, um, uh, do the bongos for us. He can do the bongos that he sent us the bongos, but maybe he has bongos at his house and he can do the countdown for us. Basically it's a pseudo live show. Like we used, like we did in uh, London and New York and other places. So, and this could be a fun dry run for the possibility of maybe uh, doing it, uh, doing it live down the road. So who knows? We shall sure. see. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, All right. New York right. is coming eventually one day. Yeah, yeah. We'll be doing uh, it in New York for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just said like London and New York, and I just wanted to. Oh, sorry. I know, like I know London, and Chicago. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Chicago, and I knew you knew that. I was just. Yeah. Anybody was like, man, you haven't been to, and like we know. We're also advancing in age. You know, the days get shorter yeah, and simultaneously you. longer. You know what? You speak for yourself. You speak for yourself. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. You're a little bit closer to getting your AARP card than I am. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> That's uh, dare you? I realize the truth hurts, but it is still uh, nonetheless. Still quick as a whip. Hey, I don't whip. deny that. I, am, I, I said nothing of the robustness of your. That's right acumen in regards to anything mentally you know capacity wise i'm just saying yeah by the metric of of who gets those and who doesn't <laughs> you are a little bit closer than i am you know what you kiss my ass <laughs> i know i know i'm gonna be there in a very short amount of time i'm gonna blink my eyes and i'm gonna be right there yeah that's what it feels like that's what legitimately feels like you're like wait what happened one yeah. second i was over here 
the next somehow I'm over there. How did that happen? So yeah, well, that's life, man. That is life. Yeah. Uh, how, what else is going on in your world, man? What's uh, what, what do you got to report? What's the situation? What's the update? Is there anything? Uh, perfect? I mean, what do you want? I, I sit at home most days. I'm sure you do as well. So yes. Only so much. I'm putting in a rain gutter once we finish today. So there you go. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to hear right. about a, a pain in the ass? Of sure. the, just, I have to put up a single. Uh, it is it's 14 feet long. That's it. Oof. To a downspout. No, it's super simple. Right. Okay. Um, I have all the tools. It's not a lot of tools and it'll be done lickety split. Right. Okay. But, so I went to, there's a little hardware store by us. I'm like, it's a small job. So I'll throw them the business instead of going to a big box store. Mm-hmm. But they only had it in stainless steel. And I, I know they make it in just a white powder coat. Yeah. And that'll blend better with the house. Then all of a sudden there's just this random steel gutter. So it's like, oh, that sucks. So I went to Home Depot. Okay. I got all the parts except they were missing one tiny little thing, but it's integral. You have to have it. And I'm yeah. like, fuck. So I look on their app. The next closest one is 10 minutes away. And they say they have everything. And I get up there and they have half of everything. Ugh. And they still, they still don't have the cap. So then I call the one up in Burbank and they're like, yeah, dude, we got that cap for sure. There's like four open boxes and I get up there and like they have all the boxes of what the others should have, but they don't have everything else. So I have to buy the one piece I I had and then I knew the other store had everything else right? because I didn't want it to sit in the back of the truck as I was going to different stores. So I'm going to drive back to the very first one and buy everything else except this one end cap because I couldn't have it sit in my truck as I was driving around trying to find the one fucking end cap to then come back here. And I was like, dude, it's a fucking piece of gutter. This this job is going to take me 45 minutes to do. And I had to drive around for fucking three hours to get uh, something that was going to take me 45. It was so, it's like, but at the same time, I was like, what else am I doing today? Right, right. What, what have I got on the schedule today? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me, oh, oh, I mean, it did make it inconvenient because I thought I'd be able to go to the store and get it up that day. Right, 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 right. And then the days in between <laughs> have been busy. So they've just been sitting there waiting to be done. But yeah. Like out of nowhere, what is this shit? <laughs> what is this shit now? Yeah, just so I went to four fucking stores technically. Three of this, or no, uh, one, two, three, four, five, because I had to go back to one. It was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm putting up a rain gutter today, finally, this week. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to uh, pick up masks that, oh, and they're going nice. to be dropped off. I dropped off the bundles. These people are turning into smaller bundles to hand out on Skid Row. Oh, and that's very I, cool, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, and then I take them back to the place. So basically, I'm a middleman to help them spread out. They're just trying to spread out the work. So last cool. Friday, I dropped them off. Tomorrow, I pick them up. Nice. Nice. Uh, little shit like that. Yeah, it's, uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> then... Uh, uh, you know, I got stuff I got to do, but at the same time, I got I got some free time on my hands. Yeah, well, I yeah. watch a little NBA basketball tomorrow night. I might. I yeah. just might. Who's playing tomorrow night? Who you got tomorrow night? Is it Lakers? Look, Lakers and oh, no, that's tonight. Lakers and uh, Bucks. My Wizards can't stay healthy. Hey, we suck and What's we got new? COVID. Come on. What's new? Yeah. Bradley Beal's putting up monster numbers, and then he should be traded again. Is back to the discussion. Uh, I mean, Russell must be like, "What the fuck, man?" You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How the mighty have fallen, unfortunately. Yeah, 
Russell got to get out of there if they're going to trade Bradley. It can't be. I mean, they're not going to build build around Russell. It don't make no sense. Kind of forced to. That's what I'm saying. Here. Enjoy. Yeah. There's plenty of that. Yeah, we can. Uh, yeah. I thought for sure I'd be, I'd be getting me a jersey, but oh well. Dude, I'm looking forward to the uh, football games this weekend. There have been yeah, some good games is, in the playoffs so is, far. Yeah, going to be a knockdown dragout nost at both of these games. You should be there. You, either team could win. You can legitimately see that either team could win. Yeah, um, the Chiefs and you can make a case. Yeah, you can make a case with with Mahomes and the concussion. Green Bay got its ass handed to them by Tampa Bay earlier this year. Does that defense just know? Just have. Like, do they match up better with that offense than any other defense in the NFL? I wonder. I wonder. Yeah, but Tampa's defense won them that game last week. That's what I'm saying. Aaron looks possessed. So you've got a strong defense yeah, against yeah. a possessed quarterback. What's going to break? Something's got to break. You know? I would say, well, the the more likely thing is the defense breaks. Yeah, you think? Okay. If Rodgers is playing... Devonte Adams, you can triple coverage or triple cover at all times, and he's still got a shot. Yep. I mean that dude is that dude is good. And Aaron Jones is a good running back. Yeah, Aaron uh, Jones is great. Yeah, and got they've got a good O line. And last yep. week, other he just needs one other receiver to step up. Yep. Plus Tanyan or Tunyan or however the hell you say his tight end's name. Yeah, their tight his tight end has been killing it, man. Yeah. It's, so it's a, a lot of a year. It's true, and it's a lot for that defense to step up. But, I mean, yeah, because the Saints didn't have Michael Thomas at 100% health. He didn't have any catch his last week. He was hurt and he played a little, a little bit, but he didn't have any catches. Yeah. So, Devontae's a whole other animal that can spread that defense yeah. out. You know? Drew so, yeah. Brees looked old. Yes, he did, man. It, it Aaron Rodgers looks tough. Yeah, he looks like he's in his prime. It looks like mm-hmm. a, yeah, He looks like Brady in those, like, real prime years. You know? Yeah, I'm looking – you know. I want to see it, – it feels weird, but I I like this Packers team just for the mm-hmm. collection of players. I've always I, – I texted a buddy of mine that's a KC fan, Yeah, you know, last week during the game before Mahomes went down. I was like, dude, what's it like to have a quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You suffered through a lot of the same quagmire. Oh, you had, yeah. You've had some better ones than we've yeah, had. But I was sure. like, what's it, after all this time. Yeah. What's it like to have a quarterback? Does it feel good? That's it. I would love to. Uh, can you imagine that? Can you imagine? Well, I can't. It's been so. Yeah. I, it's never really happened. We, I, in my in my lifetime, Matt, I've, we've never had a franchise quarterback either. We've had a quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls. Yeah. But we've never had a franchise quarterback. Deisman was the closest thing we had, and he got his legs snapped off. Uh, and then wow. it was a. It was Doug a, Williams is one year. Doug was one year. Rippin was a lot. Like did great yeah. for one year. That's it. And then since then, it's been a quagmire of shit. I mean, it isn't the. Ba- I mean, the, you at least have but Jim McMahon. Like you at least have Jim McMahon as like this is the singular greatest yeah. quarterback of the franchise. Yeah, we never had two been. seasons. Really, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Otherwise, it's Jay Cutler. <sighs> God damn. Yeah. That is not a by uh, by by the metrics of how you judge whether or not a quarterback is good. He fits the numbers. Yeah, he was. A, he seemed just intolerable to be next to a lot of the time. Yes, which a lot. Of, I mean, his own wife divorced him recently and said she's well, so much happier without. Him. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm sure yeah. they're both happier. There's a reason they got divorced. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm just. He always shoulders sulked. 
just yeah. glaring at teammates. He had bad – like, when he wasn't trying, his body posture literally just emanated, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Nobody talks with – none of his teammates yeah. talk with reverence about him, Matt. No. He had to split wide once as a decoy, and he just kind of lazily stood there in the line. They snapped the ball, and he just turned and watched the play. And you're like, man – I fucking get it. You're a prima donna, but hey, Jesus, do you want your team to win? Yeah. <laughs> do you do you want the guys to respect you at do all? You, for fuck's sake. Go watch the Warriors and watch the way Steph coaches up those young guys because they need a positive reinforcement. They realized yeah. it. Like yeah. Draymond is the fatherish figure on some level that Wiseman, but Kerr wants to get him next to KG because KG did the same thing. Yeah. Wiseman's only played three college games. So it was really straight from high school mm-hmm. to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you should meet with KG. Yeah. KG knows what you're going through and you'll figure it out. And just like, and Wiggins, they're praising and, uh, you know, yeah. Uber, they're trying to talk up and just like, dude, try that. Try that. That might work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, <sighs> yeah. So yeah. I guess. Different guys respond in different ways though. Yeah. Do you think, do you think Buffalo has a real shot here? They can't run the ball for shit right now. Dude. Montgomery. Um, I mean, what's his face? Uh, Moss. Yeah, Moss. He can't get. Yeah. Well, it just they bring Singletary in for him, and there's a reason that Singletary lost the job. Yep. Yep. Uh, I liked Moss. Like in fantasy, I was like, dude, Singletary's been hanging on now for three. They drafted you know this other dude to give him a run. Mm. Um, but I believe he's going to be out still. So then it becomes can Josh Allen throw enough touchdowns, and then is Mahomes's. Right. Foot, the bigger problem. They're saying foot. I heard uh, turf toe. Yeah. Yeah. And his uh, neck. Uh, what's the nerve in his neck that got twisted around? I mean, yeah. that was scary when he got up and he was, that was like getting knocked out because right? he was like wobbling when he got oh, yeah, up. Yeah. No, his brain had a like car like impact into yeah. the front of, you know, his skull. And those, uh, those Buffalo, that Buffalo D line, if they get you, they get you. Look at uh, yeah. Lamar. Lamar could barely do shit that whole game. So, yeah, but I mean, yeah, can Buffalo put enough in the air when you know it's all basically going to be coming from the air? Yeah, yeah. And then the few times at Singletary, hopefully he can break one. His is you know yards, right? Or averaging some four and a half five. I'm just like, okay, you're getting this good chunks. The Casey Green Bay is the stellar matchup. That's the stellar matchup. That's star versus star, the young gun with the title. Versus a, a, an older gun, but still a gun in his prime with a title himself. Yeah. Both trying to go for their second Super Bowl title. So I want to see that. But well, I think either out of the NFC, the NFL will take. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I think they'd prefer Mahomes in the AFC. They would. But then again, the story is can Buffalo finally win their first ever yeah. Super Bowl? They're like, you know, the lovable underdogs type thing. So that's possible too. But but I hear you. They, I'm sure they prefer Casey versus uh, Green Bay or, Tan, or or Tom Brady because that's just great money right there. Shoot, yeah, I'm looking forward to both games. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, we got a show to do. We got yeah, a show do. to do, Matt. <laughs> we do. We do. We're anyway, so February 4th, 2 p.m. Pacific yeah. time, the 18th, uh, noon Pacific time. Yeah. And uh, one is open to everybody. The other one is for patrons only. And uh, we're rocking and rolling, man. Yeah, it's our I way of saying you. thank you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You make a promise. Oh, I was just going to do the crappy boogie nights. Oh, please you do just, it. 
you keep rocking and rolling. I'll keep rocking. It's all right, though, because I can't do the leg kick, and that's what sells. <laughs> God bless him, man. I never in a million years expected to like Marky Mark on film. Uh, but I've, I'll be damned if I don't fucking love Mark Wahlberg in that movie. Yeah, just don't massage your... Uh, it just It's the perfect amount of stupid. Him and John C. Riley, Just oh, the yeah. perfect a chef's kiss amount of stupid. <laughs> that movie's great. Anyway. When they're sitting there, uh, but I heard Ron Howard is a big fan of that movie. So back oh, to Ron Howard. Massive fan of Ron Howard, yeah. He loves him. Loves him. <laughs> big fan of Wahlberg. Big fan. Huge. Him and Howard have been doing that. You ever seen when someone takes a picture of somebody else wearing a shirt and then they make a shirt out of that picture and then the other person takes a picture of them wearing and it just goes back and forth and it makes it this weird they get smaller and smaller some people move it around and do bigger designs and shit <laughs> so okay. something like that is what i'm thinking right on i dig it i dig it uh anyway anyway right. so our thanks to mr rivera for sending in the topic yes and uh once he said it for us, we went our individual ways and created personal top talents. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Uh, I'm not going to fight you on a whole bunch of choices. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. He makes a lot of solid movies. You're like, if you're going to take that one over this one, I got zero problem with that. Yeah, that's fair. And some of the ordering, I totally buy. Okay. Um, okay. Just because I think it's more fluid idea because he's, you know, anyway. So mm -hmm. my 10 is Da Vinci. The Da Vinci Code? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. All you. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. Um, so much so that I have gone on to watch Angels and Demons now mm -hmm. twice, at least maybe three times. Okay. And I enjoy it for what it is. I know the reason, like, I, I think you said Lindley didn't like it because it didn't carry on in the same vein. I was like, yeah. Yeah. It became more palace intrigue and I was still on board. It's where Inferno, they begin to lose me. And by begin to, I didn't even, I haven't watched that movie all the way through. The yeah. book sucked. Uh, but anyway, Da Vinci Code, I hadn't read the book and it was like, oh, will this live up to the hype? There's no way. And I was like, you know what? That was really solid for the expectations that it had to live up to and to cram it into. Okay. That's a good book. You entertained me. I can tell the points where you had to trim a lot of the fat mm -hmm. of the under slightly more underdeveloped Paul Bettany and uh, uh, Molina's, you know, uh, Cardinal character to see more of the behind the scenes of that. I'm sure that was, that got more developed mm -hmm. um, and to get, but yeah, it was a good job of, of giving motivations for those guys. Yeah. It was kind of presented and then you're like, uh, okay, but like, why, you know, what, what is it about this Opus Dei that uh, really attracted him. Why is he such a yeah slave to it? And then, boom! What happens to him happens to me. Like wait, wait, what? So yeah, and especially the way they uh, they um, pumped up Paul Bettany too. You're just like, I thought there was going to be a little bit more here, but yeah, it's not an unenjoyable movie for sure. So but Paul Bettany's made. They gave more of a backstory as when Molina does that. Oh, he's my angel or whatever. Right, right. And you see the flashback to when he was a kid, kind of taking the beatings, and yes, Molina yes. was there to, as his savior. So it's like, oh, okay, that's how you made your soldier. That makes right. sense. Right, 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 right. But Molina's, yeah, the whole shadowy. That's why when they did Palace Intrigue and, and Angels and Demons, I was like, okay, I can buy into that because that's more of the Opus Day. Yeah, Catholic Church has been around for so long. I'm sure they've done 
innumerably shitty things that have just been lost to the ages that yeah. only the Vatican has record of. That was an uh, expensive movie to shoot, Matt. You're looking at some I'm of sure. the scenes they shot and the places they shot at. I'm like, y'all, that's a lot of money. Making when they have to go down. Uh, it's in the, the Angels and Demons one, but mm-hmm. they have to go down into the vault. They get admitted yeah. in there and the, the yeah. air gets cut, shut off. They're like, that's a set. They made a yep. huge set for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they definitely invested. But I, because of the expectations, and I walked out going, I know I'm assuming all the things that I just brought up. But mm-hmm. it's still, for somebody that's never read the book, it's wildly successful. I was engaged to the very end. I love the crypt text little uh, twist and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then the tie-in to uh, whatever, the historical tie-ins, they do that. And the simplistic nature of just flipping the image. Yeah. And just this, the tiny little things that are trying to make, you know, come alive from the book. Yeah. Uh, but I... To be perfectly honest, I didn't know that there was a, what is it, the Council of Nicaea? Yeah. Where they debated what are actual Gospels and there were other Gospels. That thought had never crossed my mind before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just like, they had a fucking conference? Oh, what? yeah. There were many lost Gospels that were written that were supposed yeah. to be part of the Bible. Yeah. I had, I mean, as a guy that loves history, I was like, wow, that is crazy interesting that I just learned and then went and found out more about it afterwards. Yeah. Um, the Gospel of Dave is probably my favorite. You can find that on, <laughs> on Wikipedia. Dave. Dave. Trying to pick the most of Zach. The Gospel of Zach. Oh, dude. I uh, If Cheese Whiz and Pop-Tart could ever be a gospel, <laughs> that's the Gospel of Zach. <laughs> gospel of Dave. Oh, that's uh, good. <laughs> Jesus was like, bro. And I was dude. like, Bro. <laughs> Well, it's Dave 316. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Dude, just hang back and chill. I love that proverb. That's oh, a beautiful. It's a great proverb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Da Vinci Code, it was because of that. It had wild expectations for most people. And totally, man. I knew the hype, and it was still successful. So that's my 10. Okay. All right. What's your nine? At nine, I've got Willow. Uh, yeah, it's a slight punt. Slight okay. Punt. All right. What do you got at eight? Uh, eight, I have Rush. Uh, punt. Yeah, that's a punt. Okay. Uh, so at 10, I wonder if this is on your list. Uh, I have Solo, a Star Wars story. It is not on my list. Okay. I rewatched it recently for an episode of The Jedi Way on my channel. And I got to say, uh, it was very enjoyable to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I, I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I did not like it the first time overall, the first time I watched it, but the mm-hmm. second time I watched this, when you're able to remove the expectations that you put on it, there's a Star Wars film and it's got to be this or that, and you just sit back and watch it, I actually thoroughly enjoyed what I was seeing. Yeah, he's not the best Han Solo, but uh, it works for the story they've created. Uh, 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 Donald Glover is really great as Lando. I enjoy the Chewy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, how he got his name is terrible. Never gonna, never gonna agree that it was a good thing the way they got his name. But you could tell the connection between him and Amelia Clark is there. But we're talking about Ron Howard films. Right? We're talking about direction. And I think for me, Ron Howard directs the fuck out of that movie. And yeah. some of the visuals are stunning, absolutely stunning to watch in a movie. So 
It's a heist film. I get frustrated people start to call it a Western. It is not a Western. It is a heist film that has yeah. Western elements to it, but it's a heist film first and foremost. And on that, I, uh, I, on that level, I enjoy it. Um, I have watched it again. Okay. And it just, I don't know. The, okay. the problems that I had for me the, the first time still exist. Okay. I understand what you're saying. If you strip away the expectations. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, Star Wars has certain expectations. Right. Uh, but even still, what would have sold me, I still maintain, is at the end, you really want to sell me on Han Solo. I'll forgive all the rest of it if when they hand over all the credits and all the money, mm-hmm. if him and Chewie kept 10%. Oh, yeah, right. They said it was too. Like, yep. Well, I can't give them all. Like, we still got gas to pay for. Type, right. uh, we got to eat. We did a good thing. They're getting 9%. This isn't, right. you know, charity's got to cover their overhead. Yeah. I don't so, disagree with you because, like, by the end of the movie, he has supposedly learned his lesson of what side he's on. So then why does yeah. he have to relearn that lesson again in A New Hope? It doesn't make sense. You're absolutely right. And I thought that, too, as I watched it at the end. I'm like... Okay, if this is a singular movie on its own before it connects up to New Hope, um, and you don't have to kind of think about New Hope, this is a damn good movie. But the fact that you're taking him through the same thing again, where he's, uh, you know, he's having to learn that he's the good guy and stuff, and yeah, uh, right. having to lose, it just seems weird. Yeah, I still want him to be a scoundrel. Yeah, he's got to be a scoundrel. He has you're, to. You're absolutely right. right. He's got to take some money for himself. Just a little, just a taste. Good point. Yep. Who's gonna break his balls up? We'd all go, bah, you know, yeah, that's that's sane, that's rational. You gotta get look, if you can do if you can return 90% and you maintain that, yeah. you're better than everybody. Right. Uh we can't hold you to an impossible standard. Not all of us can move the world around us with our minds and are almost <laughs> gods among people. You know, you do the best you can. Right. Go, go talk to the average person on Coruscant. I'm pretty sure they would be blown away that you gave. 90% of it away. That's another reason I enjoy it. There's no Jedi. There's no force. Yeah. Right? This is just a straight up, uh, like I said, heist movie. And these guys are trying to get this. And then what they get, you know, the double crossing and the different elements involved, Emphis Nest and what have you. So for me, um, I enjoy it on that level. It's nice to have a little bit of non-magical stuff going on in Star Wars, which is why I enjoy Mandalorian. Uh, and I, there was some of that stuff, obviously, this season. But it was more about um, the ground level stuff, and that's what I enjoy about uh, some uh, of that stuff this season. Come on, I you got to give it more than that. Well, what do you mean? Who, who, who used who used the force? Spoiler, spoiler. Are you kidding me? Grogu did. Well, he sat on that rock thing, and then something we've never seen the force ever do. This crazy force moment, which was cool as shit. Yeah, but, that's but like we've that never seen the force. Episode. That's like that we've never seen the force ever. do that. That's fair, but that's the eighth episode. Don't care. So you get to there's no force or any of that stuff. If, still. if he was still doing the whoop 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 with like rocks and shit, yeah, sure, sure. But he channeled the universe, yeah. creating a force field through the force. He was one with the force type. I don't even know the explanation, and I'm sure there's going to be a compendium book from Disney explaining what all that was. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, that was that, okay. But <laughs> I know what you mean. Yes. But at the same time, like it's got a lot of force stuff in it. Okay. All right. Fair. It does. Fair. 
Um, all right, anyway, so that's my 10. Uh, so then my number nine is uh, Cocoon. Not on my list. Oh, I love this movie. I love Fall going inside. Back. Yeah, I love going back to this movie. It's it's just one of those films I remember seeing with my parents. One of those last films I saw in the theater with my family mm-hmm. uh, uh, when we would go as a group, you know, and just great stuff. Um, you know, the idea of this young, these older people recapturing their youth, uh, how it's connected to this alien uh, species and what they've been doing and the, uh, the, what the, how they've been hiding things here at Steve Gutenberg is this is like the height of Steve Gutenberg in the eighties. Brian Dennehy is great. He's not playing a villain. He's actually the soft hearted. I'm sorry, this warm hearted protector and defender of his own species. And it's such a great alien movie that feels like the aliens are a part of the movie and not the point of the movie. And I love that. And it's so subtly done. And it even has like, there's these even tragic moments in the film uh, and some great acting from Wilford Brimley and uh, Hume Cronin and Donovich, you know, great stuff. Bless you. Um, I want to say that Brimley is like 55 or something in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just. You know what's crazy? I found out uh, we, we're doing Brand, we're doing Godfather on Cinephiles. Brando yeah. was forty-seven when he did the Godfather. Forty-seven. I well, that's crazy. But those were somehow a hard forty-seven years. Yeah, well, I mean, he just but he conveys that older age, you know. But it works, so it works. Well, because he'd probably fit two lifetimes into the previous twenty-five years, <laughs> so he's carrying an extra ten years. See, uh, you know. It's not like it's Hugh Jackman who's in his what mid fifties at this point. You're like, right? I do in ridiculously good shape. He is for his age. That's it's beyond mental. So yeah, uh, Brimley is fifty one years old when he makes Cocoon. Fifty one. Fifty one. Yet they're playing like seven year olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he just he hit puberty and instantly had the bush top fucking mustache. You know what I mean? He has been old. He was that kid when you look back in eighth grade to grow the full beard. And yeah. you're like, what's yeah. up with you, dude? Like, what's what's going on in your world? Look, fucking hormones. I knew there was one kid in my eighth grade. He could grow a pretty thick fucking beard. And you're like, this is bananas. Yeah. Dude, Don Amici uh, was the older one. He was born in 1908. Uh, yeah. well, it's not a I mean, yeah, he was old. Cronin is 1911, and uh, <laughs> Brimley is like 1934. So, yeah, whoa, whoa, oh. Don World War One, the yes. Roaring Twenties, the Great Depression, uh-huh. Dust Bowl America, into World War Two, into civil rights, into yep. sub- that dude has lived through. A lot of shit. He made it all the way to 1993 before he passed. 1993. He went from what? No planes to <laughs> shuttles in space in his life. That's that's bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I Just a staggering amount of pace. Yeah. Anyway, so aliens, bro. Ancient yeah. aliens. Dave, book of Dave. Aliens, bro. Dude, I was working uh, once. Me and a couple buddies we were, yeah, uh, doing this job, and it's it's one of those of uh, you you grab random odd jobs in this life. Totally, 
She's like, hey, I'll pay you X. I just need your help for one day. And she's like, well, I don't have any auditions. I don't have, I got, yeah, I got the day off. You know, I, I got to perform that night, but I'm good to go. Yeah. And there's three of us and we're all friends. That's why he asked. He's like, I need three guys. And then he was kept ducking out and he was watching ancient aliens and he'd come back out and you're like, dude, did you know, bro? And we're all like, oh my God, did you just go inside and smoke pot and sit there for 20 minutes and watch ancient aliens and come back out here? <laughs> well, we're all continuously like, like, dude, just slowly doing the job. It'll take the day. And he comes back to work. It's just like, oh, <laughs> fuck it. The fact that there is a market for that ancient aliens. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> did you know? Nope. Nope. There was a network underneath like early America, man, before we got here. Yeah. And they had electricity. It's underground tunnels connected everything. Like, I don't know what you're saying right now. Yeah. If any of the Aztec, Incan, or Mayan civilizations had electricity, I'm pretty sure we would know about it at this point. Yeah. 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 But good for you. <laughs> you need to smoke more pot, apparently. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. Good stuff. ancient aliens uh anyway good stuff you haven't seen cocoon watch that one it's a sweet 80s film for sure uh and then speaking 80s films from on howard my number eight is splash not on my list what no i watch others before i watch splash now the guy's been around working this long yes he has splash is brilliant so funny Brilliantly funny, I guess. You know, you get early John Candy, early Eugene Levy, Daryl Hannah. I think it's her second or third film after, you know, you know, she did Blade Runner and stuff before, but she's beautiful as hell in the movie. And it's very, and Tom Hanks, of course. And it's very funny and very sweet. Uh, and it's one of those 80s comedies that you mix a lot of genres into it. There's a chase scene. There's a romantic comedy. There's actual straight up comedy. Uh, there's uh, some okay. uh, gross jokes, all of it mixed in to this whole situation of a guy who falls in love with a mermaid and has been in love with her. Apparently, or she's been in love with him apparently her entire life because of something that happened off the pier yeah. when they were kids, when they were both young um, in the water. And so it's just that whole, and then how she becomes a member of society. Uh, and essentially it's like my little mermaid or yeah, little mermaid. Cause she wants to be with him. So she has this deal about how she can have legs instead of fins mm-hmm. and all of that. It's, it's stellar, stellar stuff and uh, very funny moments as well uh, throughout the movie. So, yeah I, I, yeah, I love it. I liked it as a kid. I just don't. If you go look at his IMDb, dude's got 15 solid movies that I would have to go back and rewatch. And Cocoon and Splash were just at the bottom of that list. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not going to fight you on. Right. If you want to go back for I totally get it. It's just like now I watch all these others, but you yeah. can't deny me that you don't like that movie. Mm. Uh, whatever it may be. There might be something on my list, but I can't imagine this case anyway. Yeah. All right. So what's your uh, seven? Uh, my seven is Ransom. <laughs> oh, God. All right. That's all you really. That movie sucks. But all right. Go oh, ahead. Dude, I like uh, what Mel Gibson and Gary Sinise playing a villain for the first time. Uh-huh. They, it really worked for me as he just ups the ante over and over. And it was foreshadowing a bunch of Mel movies we would get. That's true. Really wrong. That's yeah. True. So it kind of primed the pump for a bunch of other movies mm. that I like of his. So I credit that movie for kind of opening up that looking at Mel in that kind of light, yeah. taking the mania from like Lethal Weapon, but now directing it solely in this 
more real world situation. Yeah. Uh, what are you looking up? It's rating or something. I can yeah, see I was trying to see where it was. Cause I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, um, I remember not liking the movie. I remember it didn't get good reviews. Um, and it might not have. You remember that trailer? Like, you know, give me back my son. Um, hey, it's up in the ante. Like they, they're asking for a million dollars or something. And then he just shows yeah. up and he offers that as a reward and flips it back on them. And then they're now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The type of villain that Sinise is makes the casting of Sinise believable to me, but his crew is a whole, if, you know, memory serves, they're not as menacing, I guess, as they could be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Donnie, like- Donnie Wahlberg's in this thing, Leave mm-hmm. Schreiber. I guess they're all part of it, right? They're all part yeah. of the crew. And then Lily Taylor, of course, is the weird connection there. Oh, uh, what's its yeah. rating? What do you got? Uh well, at seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so boom, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's a solid movie. It is. Guy I make solid movies. What about audience score? Uh, the audience score on it is a whopping sixty two percent. So it's one of the times where I side with the critics. I go with the audience on this one. Yeah, well, I'm sure you do, but you're in the minority at thirty eight percent. Not with the critics. Oh, not with the uh, audience. The audience. Yes, you are. Sixty-two percent. That means thirty-eight percent didn't like it. So you're in the oh. minority. Sixty-two to thirty-eight. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, it's not as overwhelming as three out of four people enjoyed it, but it's still a high percentage. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So that's my seven. Deal with it, <laughs> Captain Judgeo. Listen here, I'm not hearing from the guy who went over solo. You can't, you can't take it. Don't dish it out. Oh, uh, somebody's yeah. living in the past, man. I'm in the present going forward. And that is also in the book of Dave. That is in the book of Dave. <laughs> Just keep moving forward, man. <laughs> this is why we need t-shirts. We should go to the book of Dave. Right. Yeah, the book of Dave. <laughs> Boy, well, you want to start a little controversy? Let's do it. Let's do it. Get some pub. I'm down with it, man. The book of Dave. All right, team shirt. Somebody start mocking up. Let we'd like to see some design specs. We would. We would. Uh, you've got to yeah, use the on Bible the in some shape or form. Some shape keep it form. moving forward, man, and just keep on going on. Uh, all right. What's your six? <laughs> what's your six, man? Uh, my six is backdraft. Oh, all right, fine, dude. I love backdraft. I struggle to not put it higher. If far and away ends up on this list. I'm going to take you. You don't off. have to worry about it. Okay. You don't have to worry about it. Look, right, the go ahead. Baldwin storyline, the with the love interest that yeah, kills it. Jason it Lee. really is. Yeah, it does. But so Kurt Russell is awesome. I love De Niro in his tiny little part. It's De Niro's great. Movies. Yeah, De Niro's great. Uh, yeah, Kurt Russell, and then uh, oh, son of a gun, Ooh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, plays in a lot of westerns. Uh, salt and pepper hair, but it's more pep- uh, salt these days. Okay. Uh, deep furrow wrinkles, really skinny. Okay. Oh like, yeah, Scott Glenn. lateral Scott Glenn. Yeah, Scott Glenn. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that whole aspect of it, of like the sabotaging and the rationale and trying to pin it on Kurt Russell and that aspect of the storyline, I find great in the politician side, uh, slimy little yeah. know, fuck that he is. Uh, I think all those, it's just the Baldwin 
But I, I like the rest of it so much that I have no problem glossing over it. But that storyline really drags. It's like, it seems so strange. Yeah. Um, so that's the only real hiccup in the movie for me. But at the same time, what is it, like 20% of the overall story, 25%? I think it's about 60 to 70% of the movie, to be honest with you. <laughs> to, to your perception, yes. And perception is reality. But I think in runtime, it might be like 20%. Well, I thought Baldwin was horribly miscast in this movie. That's he was. Like, they could have done that. better. Because, I mean, if you've got this brother relationship that you're going to make a big deal about in the movie, it's got to have like some belief. Because, first of all, Kurt Russell looks nothing like this motherfucker. So yeah. let's start there. And it's not like he doesn't have brothers. This should have been Baldwin and 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 uh, 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 William together, Alec Baldwin and William together doing this movie. But Kurt Russell, you could have found someone else who looked a little bit more like Kurt Russell. So... I didn't really buy that. And I get what Kurt Russell was doing. He's trying to, you know, tough love and this guy's explore. He's essentially joining uh, internal affairs, right? When he's hanging out with De Niro internal affairs for firemen, because he's like exploring what's going on here. But I put this in the bucket of these nineties movies that just are a little too simplistic and not as interesting as they think they are. In my opinion, and ransom goes in that bucket too. Okay. I think, uh, in, in, you know, in, in for internal affairs, old Richard Gere, and Andy Garcia, that's a damn good movie, but it's still a, a little bit, uh, uh, it's trying to come off a little more complex than it actually is. Yes. So there's a bunch of those nineties movies that are around that time. And I, I put that in this bucket. Arlington I, road. I think blown away, you know? Yeah. But go ahead. But I don't sorry. Think those the the extraneous parts of that don't work as well as they do for backdraft for me. Mm. It's okay. still like they may not look alike, but if you go back and watch it, Kurt Russell is selling the living shit up when he is drunk. The oh, look Kurt. in his eyes, like he looks, he immersed himself within that role. Yep. I'm not going to um, argue that at all. Kurt Russell's yeah. great. Yep. And his interactions, the one on ones when it's just the two of them in a scene, yep. they're great. They do have a good rapport. They don't this look. Is- Fuck all alike, but right. Who's his wife? Rebecca De Mornay. Is that his wife in the movie? <sighs> Was it? That's a little young. I don't know. De Mornay. Uh, that sounds right. I think that sounds right. Sorry, I was thinking of Rebecca Romaine Stanos, Samos, and I was like, oh, that's all the time. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, yeah. Oh. No, De Mornay. That sounds right. Mm. And, the meta and, score uh, for this is thirty-eight percent. Just putting it out there. The meta score. Yeah, meta score is tough. Yeah, it's probably but, in the fifties on Rotten. Uh, Donald Sutherland. Oh yeah, I didn't even look yeah. up. Let's, yeah, he plays the arsonist. Yeah, he's great. That is enraptured by fire. I love him in it. He's great. I totally believe that he's an arsonist. He's good in the movie. I'm not gonna. There's, a, there's a lot to like in it. He's like and, a lector, though. He's like a lector in that movie. He is. He is. He's just so Wait. transfixed. Yeah. Uh, the way he, the joy he takes when he talks about it, right? Because everyone's trying to convince De Niro that he's he's okay. That he's fine, that he's not as crazy as people think, and then De Niro like brings up fire, and then you watch him completely change, Donald Sutherland, yeah. and he, he can't help it. himself. He can't help himself. Yeah, it's a good scene, no but, denying. You know, no denying. And because he loves it so much, he understands his danger and knows it needs to be put down. Like <laughs> it has its use and it has its purpose. Yeah, him walking through and treating it like a crime scene that it is. Oh, it, like, determining where. And then he sprays that gas and explains like what a backdraft is. And yeah, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to like, but the, the, the insults you hurl land. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. Right. Right. I just don't care because I still enjoy it. <laughs> right. 
There you go. There's your guilty pleasure. I don't mind that I'm in the mind. Okay, we, yeah. On an upcoming show, we talk about guilty pleasures. I guess backdraft is a guilty pleasure of mine. That's fair. Totally fair. Uh, I to uh, full disclosure, sometimes I send my top ten lists uh, to the, my two friends on the Geek Buddies, right, Michael and Shannon, and uh, both of them responded with, "What? Where's backdraft?" And I was like, "Yeah, no, it's not on the list. It's not on the list." So that's three out of four. I'll give you. I tells give you. you I give you props. Yeah. I may have it higher than they do. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know. I don't. That's a, a debate for a different day. And yes. perhaps on the live show on the 18th, <laughs> we'll bring that up when we bring them on. However, we do this. Who knows? Uh, Anything's possible. Yeah. Uh, so that's my six. What do you got? Okay. Uh, my seven is Willow, which is the punt from earlier. Um, okay. I, I don't love it as much as other people do. So, and I clearly you feel the same way, Max, since you had it at nine. It, I think it's a good film. Sure. It's watchable. It's enjoyable. But it's not really that great of a film. But I moved it up a little bit higher here because I know the TV series is coming. And so I watched some of the scenes in preparation for our show. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is kind of enjoyable. So for what it was and the fact that he's never veered into fantasy like this since Ron Howard, I think he did a pretty great job with it, you know, or a pretty good job with it, you know, so. Um, Yeah, I saw in the theaters, kid, I just loved it i think at yeah. this point it's just i've watched the others more yeah and i did rewatch willow like two years ago or three years ago mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so i've seen it relatively recently yeah and it's still good it just i love the val kilmer stuff with mad martigan oh yeah and uh i understand why the story doesn't focus on him for obvious reasons but that's what drew my eye the most yeah so i kind of i think when i watch it now i just kind of want more mad martigan stuff Mm, understood yeah so yeah, i still fair. like the movie that's why it's lower it's just like yeah but i know that those parts may be enjoyable with me but i'm longing for something else that's never going to exist yeah yeah uh yeah i, I agree and okay. i know the tv series is coming and people love it i mean obviously warwick davis is fantastic in the movie i mean joanne yeah. wally and val met on the movie so it got married off the movie um and all that but uh yeah we'll see what happens when they drop the tv series but certainly you can't deny that people love this movie. People reference it all the time. People get into it. So yeah, definitely. But I also understand, like I've got some friends that would laugh right in our faces and be like, Willow's terrible. And they could list 50 yeah. things and they're true. the same age. True, 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 true. Uh, I'm thinking of one in particular right, right now that I know for a fact oh. would be saying that to my face. and be like, dude, Willow's terrible. Here's why. Like, <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh, but he's that type of person. So I don't really, it's fun. Right. Um, um, you know you're gonna okay. be negative about everything anyway yeah so then uh, my number six is the paper i haven't seen it in so long please talk really? about it Maybe yeah i'll see it on your description I, I i love the movie and i know we saw spotlight and other pay which michael keaton was in as well and mm-hmm. other films about newspapers we've seen through the years but this one is stellar because this is right at that time when the news industry is at the height of its power in this country, right? There are yeah. multiple newspapers. People are companies are starting newspapers. Uh, kids, these are things that they used to print on paper, and people would buy them and read them for a quarter or fifty cents or a dollar even. And you like you, to buy the New York Times 
at the Starbucks, you know, it's like it's just when they were starting out, the New York Times, you have to go to a, a newsstand. Now you go to Starbucks, but you had to go to a newsstand in the past to mm-hmm. get these papers from different cities, and they upcharged you because they're from different cities. So this is huge. So the film is about these people who are running a newspaper. Glenn Close has been hired to uh, be in charge of the newspaper. Michael Keaton is this guy who is very driven to make the newspaper, make the news. It's legit. Yeah, legit. She's trying to go a little more of the uh, commercial uh, commercial route, like network, right? She's she's essentially <laughs> the fake Dunaway character, and uh, Michael Keaton with Robert Duvall uh, is the Peter Finch and uh, um, damn, what's the Robert Ryan character in the movie? So you're seeing that. Uh, is it Robert Ryan? No, it's not Robert Ryan. Damn it, I forget the actor's name in network. Damn it, God forbid, forgive me. But yeah, that that whole thing, and then it leads to this like climax where they're fighting literally physically uh, uh, in where they're making the newspaper, the factory where they make the newspaper, the building where they yeah, make the newspaper. Yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah, to stop it. And so it's great stuff. You know, yes. it's kind of like change in our society from legit news into more sensationalism. Uh, and I think Ron Howard did a great job. So I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry. But oh, I was just going to say Keaton was fighting about, it was like a murder conspiracy within yeah. the, the police or something. Yes. Yes. They're trying to put the story out. And that's what, I mean, it's got the right stakes. Mm-hmm. And, and Keaton's an asshole, but it's an asshole that you understand why he's an asshole. Yeah. yeah and my yeah. guess is he's kind of an asshole every day, but <laughs> the, the asshole's right. Yeah. I just haven't seen it in so long. And there've been other movies similar to that. Right. So I guess I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I need to rewatch it again. It would make my top 10 and bump something else off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, uh, to, yeah. I mean, it made, it only made 48 million is one of these underperforming films was hit of his, uh, for sure. Um, uh, you know, so yeah. Um, it's part of that 15, there's, you know, now what three others that we have brought up that made it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jason Robards in this thing. Marissa Tomei, Glenn Close, as I said, Robert Duvall, as I said, Randy Quaid, uh, Jason Alexander, Spalding Gray, Catherine O'Hara, Lynn Thigpen. This is a great list of actors all through this. Jill, a young Jill Hennessy. Uh, is in this thing as well. Wow, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, very young Jill Hennessy. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh, people involved in this, and you're right. This is it's also about a murder, and it's about to do with the the government, yeah. the NYPD, all of this. So this idea of busting through uh, that and what you can do there. I mean, City Hall was around this time as well. I think the one with uh, uh, Pacino and uh, John Cusack. Mm-hmm. So there's this was like the '90s approach to like, you yeah. Know, exposing the corruption within the systems but i think you're, you're, you're police then comparing it to uh something like all the president's men mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or oh, like no, you're living no. up too lofty trying to break like a huge story type of thing right. or uncover corruption like, uh yeah you just yeah anyway yeah i was re- yeah so i recommend it you haven't seen it yeah, recommend it. Uh, all right, that was my six. So what's your five, man? Let's get into my our top five. five. Uh, is A Beautiful Mind. Uh, okay, that's my four. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, so, A Beautiful Mind may be a better movie than something that's higher on my list, but it's all rewatchability. And Ron Howard made a bunch of rewatchable movies to me. So it's just like, I know I watch these others or will watch in the yeah. future uh, type of more thing. Uh it's a very interesting character, but a you know, mathematician that kind of gets lost in his own mind through mm-hmm. uh, mental illness. Yeah. 
but somehow was still, like the brilliance was still trying to escape. Yes. And eventually he managed to, to harness and understand himself, but I can't even, I mean, think of, of all the neurons and whatnot that are firing in his brain where he can still, he can look at the complexity of the world to that degree and try and find the systematic patterns underneath it and be successful and simultaneously are creating fictional beings in your life that you interact with and create memories with. Yeah. What else is going on in that mind subconsciously that we don't, I mean, it seems hard, very differently hardwired compared to the average person. Uh, yeah. just, just a fascinating movie. I, I agree with you. Uh, I loved it at the time when I watched it. Uh, and you know, you start to read more about it afterwards. You're like, Oh, they kind of twisted some facts around, which yeah. later on when I talk about another film, I didn't mind. But with this one, I did when I found out, but it still features some stellar performances, obviously from Russell Crowe. Cause he won the Oscar for this one, but certainly Paul Bettany, Ed Harris, the little girl, like mm-hmm. and Jeff Conley, you know, the, the the chemistry they have is great, Conley and Russell Crowe. And then the scenarios that he keeps putting him in uh throughout the movie. When the when the twist that Matt that first moment when the twist happens, um, unless you've guessed the twist, I feel like it shocks you. You know, you're just like, Holy shit, this is what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and it's brilliant in that way. You know what I'm saying? I, I absolutely love it for what it's able to do. Um there in the moment so it's that and then the and then how you're seeing the rest of the movie go along and his battles with it and the scene at the end is there's yeah. two scenes you know the the pen scene is incredible it's incredible and, right and then the scene at the end when he you realize oh these are these are never going away he just learned how to live with it and how many people have the mental fortitude matt to because he did it without drugs apparently to be able to keep these things at bay uh, and understand how to keep them at bay. You know? Yeah, but I mean, he was a practical shut-in for a big chunk of his life, mm-hmm. according to the movie, just living at home type of yeah. lost in, in a world that he's not happy is being created. Yeah, right. right. Uh, yeah, just... Russell's great in the movie, too, dude. Russell's great. He is. But it just... the I watch these others more. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, all right, so then my number five is Rush. Okay. Yeah. I think this one could climb high. I've only seen it once, but I was like, that was good. Yeah. I want to see it in a few more years and see it might might inch higher. Okay. So where do you have Rush? Do you have it on your list? No. Yeah, yeah. It's a punt from earlier. I had it eight. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. No yeah, I, I, I've seen this thing maybe five times now um, okay. because I'm a sucker for sports movies. Uh, but there's such a and, – and Hemsworth is great, and it's good to see Hemsworth outside of Thor – do something that you can enjoy him in. I know. And uh, Daniel Brühl too, of course, speaking another Marvel person, right? She's in, he's involved in the Marvel MCU with S. Baron Zemo. He's yep. going to be in the Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's so it's Daniel, isn't it? Daniel Brühl. I'm oh, sorry. Is that what I said? Oh, sorry, Daniel yeah. Brühl. Yeah. Uh, and their uh, chemistry throughout the movie and the two different approaches to what they're doing uh, is uh, stellar to watch. You know, and and how they go from absolute rivals because one approaches it with like the super amount of uh, um, energy and mental fortitude because he has to climb up the ranks to get into position versus someone who's kind of feels like it's all kind of natural to him, the approach to it. And then how they have these conversations that kind of break down these walls between them. uh, I mean, it's almost like it's, you know, you compare it to bird and magic. It always seemed to be easier to magic 
Bird almost seemed to be the guy that was in the gym like hours and hours and hours because it's showtime versus, you know, blue collar. Except it wasn't. Except it wasn't. Right, exactly. But the way it was portrayed, it seemed that way. And when you find out later, both these guys put hours and hours and hours. Larry Bird shoveled his own driveway in Terre Haute. Yeah. 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 Magic would never do that. Magic would pay somebody to do that. Uh, Yeah. But Magic worked hard on his game and adapted his game, improvised. Uh, uh, you know, when he, they lost the title that one year and people were trying to run him out of town, he what he did in the offseason confronting for the first time ever people hating him or yeah. not wanting him to be like he uh, he took that and, you know, through force of will, he forced he changed his game to be a certain thing and won titles. And so it's like those are those things. And so you see here the same thing with both of these gentlemen. So I enjoy the hell out of yeah. this movie. I just yeah, anyway, um, yeah, perhaps just upon rewatchings, it'll go up. Like, it, I think to some degree, did you see that uh, uh, McEnroe versus, dang it, I'm blanking on his name, but it was uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, uh, and, Borg versus Borg. Yeah. yeah. That was, that's another thing, which is like a tete-a-tete, and it's a yep. character study on the two of them. And I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm curious too. if in a few more years, I'm going to like it still as much. Mm-hmm. Buff's putting together an interesting little resume. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, hey, by the way, have you seen the Tiger Woods documentary yet on HBO Max? No, is it good? Oh, dude. Really? Don't Fucking you know everything about him? Stellar. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's a lot of exploration of his dad, like what his dad did to him. The first part is very much about stuff that you didn't see before. There so, was, there's footage you haven't seen before and stuff like that. So I just no tapes to 911. From a certain evening or anything? That's how it starts. So, really? yeah. Oh, back yeah. to how he got there. Yes. So, we go through the progression. Part yeah. of the redemption arc of Tiger that, and then we show him at the end, and he is a father and he's one again and climbed back to the mountaintop. Yeah, I get it. But they also bring in the mistress, Rachel, uh, whatever her name was, who came, who, you know, had the affair with him and whatever. And then you find out. Like how many of these women had had the similar experience and all of that? You're just like blown away by what this fucker was doing, you know. So, you know, it's a stellar dog. Yeah, that's what I would say. I just he seems the type that, you know, he grew he grew up and became wildly internationally famous from playing golf to a degree that you know it's difficult to even put into words. Mm-hmm. I am not so shocked that he was catting around because I can't imagine he was getting many ladies when he was spending every waking moment out on golf courses with a bunch of middle-aged men his entire life. Right. Uh, I'm not excusing the action, but it's like uh, freshman year in high school, there was a kid that dropped out after the first semester because his parents had created an environment that was such strict rules that when he got to college and he had no rules, he just spun out of control. And he started drinking way too much and he stopped going to class and just eventually he went back to school. Right. But he just... He dropped himself out because he's just like, I can do whatever I want. You know, totally so, get it. Yeah. yeah. It could have been any one of a number of behaviors, but yeah. But okay. So they yeah. open there. Yeah. And then they go backwards, but then they keep, you know, going back and forth and, and what have you. So, but it's very, very interesting. I, I can't recommend it enough. It's fucking great. Yeah. Um, it's just not shocking behavior for. Right. Right. I mean, it's just, 
It's weird that it came from Tiger because we didn't expect it from Tiger. True. To say that I'm shocked by an athlete that's worth more than any other athlete in the entire world did this? No, I'm not shocked is not the word I would choose. Fair enough. Yeah, I would have been shocked by other things like he had a serious drug problem. Be like, whoa, really? That 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 they do touch on that. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I'm saying like he got into cocaine or he got into well, like party you, drugs. You could argue opioids are just as damaging. Just to- as yeah, but he got ways. introduced to it via his doctor and stuff as pain medication, yeah, and right. got hooked that way. So it's a little less than the destructive nature of Capriati seeking out the party lifestyle. Oh, true. I'd love to I see a documentary on that. I'd love yeah. to see a documentary on her, man. That's a but I point. understand that's another way of like sh- yeah. I can do that now. I've never been able to do that. People yeah, but the of drugs is always about self destruction, isn't it? Like once you taste it. And the addiction, and and you can speak on this subject. Obviously, um, uh, Matt is an alcoholic. Like there is, it stems from a need to feel this way, right? And then a chasing that feeling, perhaps because you don't have a semblance of that feeling in your real life, or you don't have a strong of of a sense of that feeling in your actual life. So you chase this feeling because it brings you some kind of comfort or joy or release. Yeah. I would imagine the same thing like with me, my addiction sometimes with, with food or sweets, it yeah. comes from like with the joy I get from the sweets. It's not, it's not a joy I'm necessarily experiencing in my world all the time, you know? Yeah. I think people come to addiction in a whole bunch of different ways. That is definitely one. Mm. Uh, you know, I know some addictions are, cause when, when I started, it was just like, I like to drink. It's fun. Yeah. But then the fun, like, you know, eventually problems happen and you don't deal with them because you're drunk and it just compounds. And then, then you're drinking, you know, it's, it's the, the bad cycle I'm drinking because I'm sad and depressed, but I'm sad yeah. and depressed because I'm drinking, but I'm drinking to alleviate the depression. The right. dep- it's just cyclical and it's, it gets bad. But yeah. that was my version. Right, right. Uh, I think there's a whole bunch of different ways, but it's not, you know, people do it. It happens. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm not shocked that an athlete catted around so to speak with perkins waitresses right <laughs> yeah <laughs> right it's weird that it was like really per like you were that yeah. much of a horn dog a perkins yeah uh didn't expect it from tiger that's why it's so it's so shocking but if you tell me if you found out all these years later that lebron had like four mistresses oh, i'd be shocked if lebron you would be but at the same time you're like well, yeah but he was he was like crazy famous yeah yeah, yeah. and but like magic and MJ always made sense, right? MJ, the rumor was that he had a woman in every oh, town. He had uh, orgies with Dr. Bus. Yeah, magic, you mean? Yeah. 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 But like, Jordan had like, the rumor was Jordan had women in almost every a town in the NBA. Very well could have. And was paying their rent for apartments so they would be on call for him whenever he was in town. Yeah. The, that's the, crazy. The anomaly was AC Green, who wasn't yeah. with anybody until he got married. Think about it. That's the known sex life outside of the truly salacious stuff. Yeah, the, yeah. the NBA was like, dude, this dude's not doing any of it. And he's on the Lakers. Yeah. And he's like, there's, there's, you know, 20 some odd other teams, players at that moment going, you son of a bitch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you said it's wasted on you. LA is, it is, it on is you. because that is a motivation for a lot of 20 oh, year old millionaires. Oh yeah. Shocking. Yeah. So, yeah, once again, Tiger. <laughs> Not shocking. But at the same time, it's like, it's it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm not, not condoning it. It's just to say that it was surprising on neither of us and neither any other rational adult once we've been around sports long enough. Like if Lou Gehrig came out in Lou Gehrig's era, 
that would have been shocking. Or Babe Ruth, as much as, much as he well, catted around. Babe Ruth catted around, but Lou Gehrig would be shocked. I'm just saying, yeah, but if you found that out all these years later. Yeah. About a Lou Gehrig. Or in his time, though, and people are like, oh, women fainting on the streets. <laughs> just backwards they went. Mickey Mantle, they kind of knew it was a wink. Oh, yeah. Even uh, DiMaggio, to a degree. Oh, you think so? DiMaggio, oh, my yes. recollection is he always played like a you know good Catholic. DiMaggio is a Derek Jeter for his time. Subtle, oh, oh. class. Derek Jeter has gift backs. Gift That's backs what I'm saying. I, I'm sure DiMaggio did too. I'm sure DiMaggio did too. He's just one of those guys who was so <laughs> singularly driven and loved the atmosphere. You know, Mr. And, Coffee. <laughs> that's right, Mr. Coffee. In its later years, hey, go ahead and grab one. They're by the front door. It's a stack of Mr. Coffees. Go ahead, take one for you and your parents. <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> All right. See All you. Right. Yeah, I'll call you. I'll call you. <laughs> uh, oh man. Uh, anyway, anyway are, right. <laughs> are dead athletes we want to slander. No, I think no, we should. Let's do it. Come on. Who else you want to go after? Uh, <laughs> Um. Anyway, uh, let's. Uh, what's our next so one? My four. Yeah. What's your four, bud? Is not going to be on your list. It's gung ho. Oh yeah, not on my list. Knock yourself out. I love it. I love this. You bash cocoon and splash. You can tell me gung ho. Okay. Knock yourself out, oh, dude. I saw it at the right age, and we owned the VHS when I was a kid. And I've watched this movie innumerable times. I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen gung ho. I love gung ho. Uh, if I had seen it as an adult perhaps maybe wouldn't love it near as much, yeah. but yeah. just small town, like a, a Michigan area. And they're trying to get a Japanese car company. I believe it is either Japanese yeah. or Korean Japanese car, car company yep. to come over here and make their cars in American factories and give American jobs. And Michael Keaton's character is the one that's the union organizer that tries to sell, sells them on this idea, then goes to Japan and brings back. And it's the fallout of, cultures colliding and trying to make this marriage work and he's juggling all this stuff what kills me at the end is when they're trying to rush out they got to hit a quota number and they're just driving out half-finished cars and like we'll get to it later and the overall ceo shows up and keaton's trying to show off his favorite cars this one right here and he goes to buff a window that's not there and it's like doing great mime work it's just gorgeous <laughs> and he chooses to take the one car off the end of the line you know what i'm gonna take this one home and people are cheering and it, the wheels fall off like five feet down but it's not done for it's like keystone cops level laughs it's <laughs> done for laughs but also like the heart of it yeah it just i think it's a for what it is which is just a feel-good movie from the 80s it succeeds wildly i love it i'll gladly watch gung-ho tonight okay all right. Uh, so I knew there was a good chance it wasn't going to be on your list. Nowhere near this height. Yeah, but no. See, I own the D, the VHS, one of the first like 12, 15 VHSs we had. I've seen that fucking thing a lot of times. Gung-ho for life. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to fight it. That's your thing, man. Boom. <laughs> uh, so now All my right. number three. Yeah. What's your three? Uh, Cinderella Man. Uh, yeah, that's my two. That's my yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good film. Love uh, it. Yeah, it's we've we've talked about it many times on the cha- on the uh, show, Matt. Um, it's one of those films that I, whenever it's on, I'm watching it. Um, I love the message it sends. 
Uh, do I like the Patty Considine storyline, his friend down in the docks and down in Tent City, blah, blah, blah? No, I don't like the storyline. I think it takes away, but you kind of need it so that he's connected to some yeah. version of the common man because he's a boxer and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so and you need to see the depression as a whole. Exactly. And we're, we're already seeing it through his eyes, obviously, because yes. he was going through the depression, Jim, uh, Jim Braddock was uh, himself, but like seeing people who are even deeper in the hole than him. You needed that kind of balance, I guess. I just didn't think it was as powerfully done as it could have been. But other than that, I think the film is stellar. I think it's moving. It's touching. Yes. Um, the relationship between him and Renee Zellweger is so sweet. Him like asking for money, uh, then him returning the money later. That, uh, oh, the hat and hand scene. Oh. And the, the weird thing is the first time I saw it, I thought it was all right. Yeah. And I believe it was you bringing it up and be like, you need to rewatch it. And rewatching was like, I can't believe the magic of this didn't really work on me the first time. But that hat in hand, and mm-hmm. he gets pulled aside afterwards by Giamatti. He's like, you didn't have to do this. You could have come to me. And then you see G- Giamatti's situation. Yeah. And it's just as bleak. Right. I it's love just that. as bleak. Yeah. Just the two fucking chairs, the artifice they're trying to maintain. Yeah. It's like the assholes in Beverly Hills uh, that move in and they yeah. instantly tear down the house and build a new one. And you're just right. trying to one up the Joneses. Yeah, for no fucking reason other than to spend money. Uh, but that was his former life, and now it's just this shell. Yeah, but he still has a good heart. But that hat and hand scene is just so good. It's just as good as when he returns the money. Yeah, just that symbolism of it, right? It's and this is not about you know political anything. This is a man who lived by a certain code, and his family mattered more than his pride. And so in that moment, when he's asking for the money, it's to be able to keep his kids with him, to keep his wife with him, yeah. to not have them go live with his sisters. And the pride as a man to not being able to provide for his family that overtakes his pride. So he sits there in the center of these rich dudes who are not suffering in the depression and says, I need this much or anything you can give. Uh, and this was a proud fighter who has to go and do that. And then later on, when he has to, when he does, did, chooses to return the money back to the government for them helping him through the moment, through the time, it's a powerful moment. He says, I can provide for myself. I can be. I'm back on my own two feet. Yeah, you know. And there's a strength in that. And so when it leads to the fight, and dude, um, what's his face who plays Max Bear? Uh, it's not Jeffrey oh, Dean Morgan. What's uh, his Bierko. name? Yeah, Craig Bierko. Woo! Damn! Damn! Good. Damn! He brought to life uh, a character that's when you hear about him, if yeah. you get into boxing, it's a great name. First off, Max Bear, great yeah, name. Bear. Yeah, I mean, are you fucking kidding me, Max Bear. Yeah. Oh, who's that? That's Titan Shark. Okay. <laughs> Titan Shark. <laughs> Max Bear. This is the most bear you can uh, ever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I did a show once and it was put on by, it was at a college and the kid that organized it was this Indian kid. His name was man beer. And I was like, man beer. Are you kidding name. me? Great name. It's like calling your kid whiskey punch. It's whiskey punch. Like that's a tough fucking kid. Never met him. I love man. beer. That's a tough name. Man beer. I loved it. I honestly, you could tell it was the first time anybody had ever said that to him. Cause it's the glow in his eyes. I was genuine. I was like, how do you get, where's man beer come from? I like, was so, that name is awesome. Yeah. Man beer. Dude. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Anyway, Max Bear, great, great yeah. name, but it's, it's almost larger than life kind of walking brick wall that killed yeah. the dude. Yeah. That, to the, uh, uh, 
you know, that happened. It happens every once in a boxing. It's much yeah. rare now. Yeah. Because guys can go on longer in fights than they, they'll allow them to now. Because Yeah. Just because you say you're okay sometimes, you are not. Yeah. You I just mean, trained the, yourself through muscle memory to do this. Yeah. And, and you know, of course, people are more hyper aware of it now than they ever yeah. were before. So you rarely see it now. Uh, but, you know, back then, I'm sure there were people. Oh. I mean, like, remember, oh. Jack Johnson fought 70 rounds and shit. So it's like, you know. Well, now, I bet you you know just as well as I know. Mm-hmm. I know some signs of a concussion immediately. Yes, yes, yes. Which would have been lost on everybody in the entire audience. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's not like- in there. His, his hands are still up on, he's on the canvas and be like, yeah, that's that's not good. He's concussed yeah. and pretty heavily if they're just holding stiff like that for this long. Yeah. Do you see the kick, the leg kick at yeah. the, on the ground? That's, that's, that's him. He's out. He's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's fucking out cold. Uh, but you know, yeah. and you know, as I said earlier with uh, Beautiful Mind, they took a little bit of creative license here with Max Bear because Max Bear wasn't this like evil dude that they portray him in the movie. No, uh, he's a rare uh, kind of. I think he's Jewish. It was a rare kind of Jewish athlete that achieved the pinnacle of his sport. Um, and uh, but they had to portray him a certain way to kind of make sure that Jim Braddock was like the hero coming out of this situation. Some people have accused the film of anti-Semitism, and I can understand that, but I mean, it's, it's not, he's not portrayed Jewish. He's not spoken of as Jewish. It's not mentioned in any way that I couldn't recall. Uh, And I don't remember thinking anything like that about him. I just thought he was a, a beast. And so when you get that scene, when he's talking to the commissioner, he's like, uh, what are you trying to tell me? You're trying to tell me boxing's dangerous. You know, he's like kind of yeah. saying, let me tell you something about my profession. And that's what it is. My profession. You know, I know what the situation is and I know what I'm walking into. And I'm so, going to do, do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. because once I'm in there, that is my job and I'm going to pulverize you. Yeah. He's like, he's trying to look out for him. Yeah. I didn't know that he was, uh, you know, the first time I heard Max Bear, I just thought he was of German or Austrian or some sort of descent like that. So yeah. he had like a, Already he's got like a Hessian vibe in my head. You don't fuck with Hessians, man. They can fight. Yeah. yeah. It's like today's modern day Mexican boxer. Dude, they Mexico turns out some badass dudes that are 105 pounds and can rabbit punch your teeth out of your skull. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Dude, the, the, the sheer number of iron jawed 110 pound fighters is incredible. Yeah. But then yeah. you got, you know, they go up the ranks too now. Now you got, you know, light heavyweights and, and heavyweights. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just like you you do that for any society, though, if you really want to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, they got some badass, like Asians, all oh, the martial arts. You just go right down the line. It doesn't really fucking matter. But yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So I just assumed that I didn't realize the. Oh, maybe not. Background. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's all kinds of stuff that revolved here with him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right. All right. So that was three two. Yes. All right. What's your three? Uh, three is where is it? I put it someplace here. Oh, uh, Apollo thirteen. Okay. Uh, slight punt. Well, huh? All right. Yeah, but slight pump. Uh, yeah, slight punt. Okay. All right. So then my number two, is Cinderella Man, and my number one is that what we're going to. No, wait. We got to go back to you. What? What's your yeah, two? Gotta, my number two. What's your two? Which is Frost Nixon. Yeah, that's my one. So okay, I've I've vacillated between when I originally wrote the list, Frost Nixon was one and Apollo thirteen was two. Right, and it flip flop a Rusku about an hour and a half ago, and I decided to put because I've seen Apollo thirteen more times, and it just okay. 
That's how I'm deciding to make this list. Okay. All right. Uh, so I guess Frost Nixon to start. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, this is one. I mean, we've talked about it on the show, but like this is so much fun to I think this is, how can I say this correctly? I think this is one of the most interesting films Howard has ever directed. Um, yeah. Because he is using the camera in ways that um, he doesn't, he hasn't normally used them in other films. And it's, interesting to watch and Langella's portrayal as Nixon uh, and uh, uh, Michael Sheen as a, as a uh, um, God, what is his name? David Frost. Frost. Uh, So brilliant. Rebecca Hall is great in this thing. Uh, Everybody involved, Matthew McFadden, uh, you know, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell is great when he's basically like fucking, I dare Nixon to show (laughs) up here. What are you going to do? And then he shows up and he's like, hi, Mr. President. Yeah, what are you shaking, your- man? Fucking great. Uh, of course, you would still the president, even if you despise the yeah, individual. Yeah. Yeah. He's, have he was a YouTube troll people. come to life in that moment, man. A yep. YouTube troll come to life. Oh, hi, anybody. Oh, you know. Exactly. Tough guy from afar. And then you get up close and be like, excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> yeah, we're good, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, all of it, just all around, man. Just great dialogue, great scenes, the way it progresses, and you feel the fear that uh, Frost has that this is not going to work, Matt. That he could lose everything. Oh, right? I know. That everybody thinks oh, he's some joke. Yeah, and he wants to give you know to make his bones. And I'm more than just a game show, right? Fucking guy. Yeah. Um, and it's absolutely incredible that that I mean, like you know not even Bob Barker doing this. Yeah. Right. Like I think we had more respect for Bob Barker than he had, yeah, for doing. So not even you got to go, like, Chuck Woolery, oh, yeah, Martindale, Wink Martindale, Mar- Wink Martindale. I think is more correct. Like you'd be like, he wants to do a political interview. What? Like what? Wink Martindale? Did, did, wait, Wink. <laughs> okay, this yeah. is what the fuck are they going to talk about? Because you have to believe that he's got a little bit of intelligence, and Chuck Woolery is a buffoon. He always has been, but like Wink Martindale. Mm-hmm. You could see there's a little bit of intelligence there, you know, and you can't even say uh, Alex Trebek because Trebek radiates intelligence. Whereas Wink, you're like, you're not sure, you know? Sure. Yeah. And, uh, oh crap, I'm blanking on his Woolery. I never, I always took him, his job was to be silky smooth. Yeah. His job in every show he was on was just like, all right, what did the second bachelor say? Your job is asking people about their dates. Give me a fucking yeah. break, you know? So You did other game shows before that, but ultimately, at the end. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you are the the coaching tree goes from you to studs to uh, a couple other shows. So congratulations. That's part of your legacy. Yeah, true, true. Uh, yeah, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy that Wink Martindale, even for a younger generation, I don't know who... Because now they get celebrities to host game shows. Yeah. And, you know, it's a lot rarer to have some unknown doing a big game show. At least that I find out about. It. I don't really watch game shows anymore. Yeah, not really. Not that much. No. Yeah. Jeopardy, I still watch, but that's about it. Yeah, Jeopardy. And then we watch uh, Celebrity Mastermind sometimes on the, on the BritBox, that British game show, like... You know, they're okay. just asking knowledgeable questions and because it's fascinating, dude. Because obviously, what you're going to get asked in America is not what you're going to get asked in England. Oh, right? yeah. So I like that. 
it's a way of expanding your mind a little bit more. And it isn't just about England. It's like all these other countries that surround England. And you're just like, oh, shit, I didn't even know about that. You know, so it's great. Yeah, they've got, yeah they've got a couple of shows that I think are a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I do watch those because you can catch them on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. So then well, we have tier one, which is Apollo 13, I imagine. Yes. Go ahead, man. Uh, I don't know. It's another, like, there. There's been surprisingly few NASA movies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a society that managed to create a bureaucratic entity that landed on the moon. Yeah. It's kind of crazy that we don't see that more cinematically. It's like we're bored with space and I don't even know how that's possible unless it's got superheroes in it or aliens. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of badass that uh, we went to the moon. Nobody else is pretty flabbergasted that we managed to do that. I'm still <laughs> to, this day, to this day, we left this Earth's atmosphere, something that billions of people had wished of doing, managed mm-hmm. to do it. And now we act like it's somewhat routine because we could do it, you know, so long as we wanted to within probably six, six months to a year at yeah. any given time. Yeah. Just have to make a landing craft. I kind of use it that way, Matt. I go, we landed on the moon. So like. What, we're done? No, like when people say, oh, we can't do that. It's impossible. I go, we fucking landed on the moon. If we can land on the fucking moon, we can do pretty much anything. We put our minds to it. Because the infant, the, the minute calculations that have to be made, the thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, maybe calculations that have to be made just to get that rocket off the ground. Then to get this that ship to the moon and then to bring it back against all odds in Apollo 13 like they did. Yeah. We should be able to do whatever the fuck we can we want to do as a society. We should be able to accomplish any goal we set out for ourselves. The, People go like, oh, you jumped too far to the moon. But the moon shows you the opt- optimal intelligence of the human being, in my opinion. Within Apollo 13. Yeah. Once they start to go off course and whatnot, and they have to course correct, and they have to do it by eye, with the computing power that's less than the average scientific calculator, yeah, helping with them with navigation, and they manage to fit it in within the pocket. Like it's crazy, yeah. it's utterly crazy. This should be one of the biggest tragedies that the space program ever had. Yeah, okay. as opposed to like Challenger, you know, shuttle blowing up. This one made it out into space and blew up. The biggest fear. Yeah. Um it's yeah, it's just it's bonkers. And then the, the the time effort by so many countless individuals to get them from point A of the idea of some politician going, We're going to the just we gotta beat the communists. Yeah. And our stolen Nazi scientists are gonna get there faster than their stolen Nazi scientists, and we're not gonna act like that person has a past. Okay, guys, we all go with this. <laughs> It's exactly, <laughs> we use Nazis to get to the moon. If you didn't know out there, a little history lesson, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> uh, our Nazis are doing it for the right reasons. <laughs> but anywho, just just the Herculean yeah. achievement in and of itself. I, I, but, you know, we had the right stuff and uh, TV shows, you know, from the earth to the moon. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I guess it's really hard to capture. Like, First Man didn't do as well as people had hoped. Yeah, I think it's well. a stellar film. But people don't gravitate to it. I love it. I, it didn't draw me in. Yeah. Totally fair, man. 
Um, but it's, I mean, it's beautiful to behold. Yeah. That one shot when they're doing that, uh, whatever that eye tap photography is almost, but it's from the outer earth atmosphere and the yeah. shuttle shooting off. It's just that tiny little yeah. camp trail, bro. It's what it is. It's camp trail. Government's fucking trying to turn our frogs gay. Yeah. <laughs> Not the frogs, man. Not the frogs. <laughs> but just that, it looks so small, and you realize how tiny we truly are when you look at it in the scope of space. It was a beautiful shot. It's got a bunch of those, but it just didn't connect. <laughs> I wanted to more than anything. But uh, with Apollo 13, we both did. I can yeah. say that with assurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like the movie. I, I I don't love it. I don't love it to the level that other people do. Like putting it at the top, like obviously, like you do, and and a couple of yeah, like the two, uh, like uh, Shannon and Mike were both like, well, Paul thirteen should be number one. It's like, yeah, I get why people feel that way, and I do enjoy the movie. I just I feel more emotionally moved by Cinderella Man and by Frost Nixon. I feel more intellectually intrigued by Frost Nixon, whereas Apollo thirteen, I think, is just like that's an American movie. That's a movie about America, Americana, really, because of how the ingenuity of Americans got them up there, but also how the um, just the intelligence of the people that were selected to be part of this program who are Americans were able to figure out how to get that capsule back home. Uh, and so it has weight in with that. In yeah. yeah. Would they have to fit a, whatever it is, a square air filter into a round hole? Yeah. We got to just science the shit out of this. Yeah, basically. Yeah, science just like with the Martian... I just got to science the shit out of this. And you're like, yeah, you do, man. Good luck. And he does it. And you're like, dude, humans are awesome. Yeah. Humans can be quite awesome. Very, yep. very true. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> um, okay. Well, there's our separate lists uh, for the top 10 Ron Howard films. Uh, we're going to put this, these, uh, these lists together, create the overall official top 10 uh, movies of Ron Howard list here. Uh, let me get the bongos. All right. And then after that, we'll have uh, Manuel's list and also shout outs. Yeah, the shout outs. So stay tuned. Shoutouts. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would assume Frost Nixon is number one. Yes. 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 Frost one, Nixon two versus one. one, three. Yep. Frost Nixon, number one. So Apollo 13, two. Did you, send, did you send the shout outs? I do not have the shout outs. So I don't know if you sent it or not. I emailed it to you. Okay. All right. To this to reply to the email you sent me. Oh, okay. There it is. Boom. Got it. Sorry about that. Let's do it. Uh, and you right. had a beautiful mind at four. Uh, let's see. That I did. Yes. Beautiful mind at four. All right. Four. Just uh, Rosning and then the bow. Yeah. Rush, Rush was what? Five, eight? Rush. Yes. My five. Yes. You're eight. Okay. Um, I have my four. It's the only other one we have in common, I believe. Okay. What's your four? Gung Ho. You son of a bitch. You put it high on purpose so it would make the fucking lists. Oh, really? So I can die on the Gung gung Ho mountain, which honestly is an anthill. You're crafty. (laughs) It is a small hill. Um, Fine. Put it on there. Do I think you engineered your list to put Apollo 13 at three after having consulted other people? So you didn't want it to overtake Frost Nixon? How dare you? I would never go that far. I'm not nefarious like you with the lists. I don't I don't dance I'm around honest. with my lists and start showing other people and you know crowdsource it. All right, where are we at? Uh crowdsource so Matt, it. <laughs> oh, we also have Willow, do we not? 
Yeah, Willow. I was going to say, yeah. We, I, have, I have it at seven. Okay, so let's do Rush at six, Willow at seven. Okay. Okay. Uh, what's your next highest? Uh, the paper at six. All right, I got backdraft at six. Oh, give me a fucking break. Come on. Oh, dude. Are you going to flip the fucking for coin? For yeah. your damn straight, I'm flipping the coin. All right. Well, just go ahead and put backdraft there. Right? All right, easy enough. No, slip the, uh, flip the fucking coin. Dude, I... Flip flop here, much? <laughs> Make up your mind. Flip the guy. Flip, flip flop, flip flop. Yep. <laughs> Old wishy washy heads. Oh no, it's using that. Oh yeah, baby. Of course. What a surprise! What a surprise! All right, let my cousin update the list. <laughs> yeah, let him add the numbers. All right, uh, where are we at now? One left at 10. What's your next highest? Ooh, uh, uh, oh, shit. Eight, uh, Splash. Uh, Ransom beat you at seven. No! Oh, fuck, <sighs> Such a crap film. All right. There we go. Oh. I think that list looks pretty delicious right there. Pretty delicious. All right. Partnerships are never easy. All right. All right. The top 10 Ron Howard movies. Yeah. At number 10. Ransom. At number nine. The paper. At number eight. Backdraft. At number seven. Willow. At number six. Rush. At number five. Gung Ho. At number four. A Beautiful Mind. At number three. Cinderella. At number two. Cinderella Man. At number two. <laughs> Apollo 13. I just wrote down Cinderella's shorthand. And our number one Ron Howard movie is Frost Nixon. Yeah. Frost Nixon. That seems perfect for us as we're both uh, fans of UK stuff. So it's an American UK film. Uh, UK a film. A joint. Right. Joint. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right. Shout out time, I guess, Matt. Well, Shout I've got Manuel's list. Oh, yes, 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 Manuel. Go ahead. Thanks, guys. Uh, Or hey, guys, thanks for choosing one of my topics this month. Can't believe you guys haven't done a Ron Howard episode. I know, neither could we. Mm -hmm. But better late than never. Well, anyway, here's my top 10. And I can't wait to hear your personal rankings and for you to read my list at the end of the show. At 10, he's got the Grinch. Okay. That was on my, uh, what do you call it? Honorable mentions. Okay. How Grinch was? Yeah. I like Grinch. Uh, he put uh, a must-see in my household every Christmas or every year on Christmas, along with the animated one. Glad Ron Howard didn't just uh, do a shot for shot remake and actually tried to do a version that expands on the Grinch mythos for better or worse, but at least it's different. At nine, he's got Splash. Okay. It's yeah. Believe, yeah. Uh, it's hard to believe that Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah were unknown stars at the time because of their big uh, star charisma here. Somewhat ridiculous, yet charming and fun at the same time. Yeah. At eight, he's got Willow. Okay. Uh, had I seen it at a younger age, it would rank as one of my favorite fantasy films of all time. But it's still, uh, but still, it's not without its charm. And Warwick Davis is such a delight. Seven is the paper. Congratulations! Mm. Uh, a great ensemble cast held together by Howard's directing. Six is Frost Nixon. Ooh. Said he saw this in history class during high school. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I was the only one who enjoyed it. No regrets. Frank Langella and Michael Sheen going back and forth is just a tour de force and not just great acting, but great screenwriting, editing, editing and directing as well. Five is a beautiful mind. Mm. Uh, four is parenthood. Three is Cinderella man. I'm not reading all these uh, okay. here. Two, I'll read his last two. Two is rush. 
Ooh, wow. Yeah, fast paced and well edited. This is further proof that Ron Howard can make a great sports movie. And Apollo 13 at number one. Mm, So there you go. Sometimes the obvious choice is the best choice. Oh, boy. There's a man who understands life, learned, wise. Yeah. Uh, If you say so. All right. Where are we at? uh, Time for the shout outs? We are going to do the shout-outs right now. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, you got yours opened? Let me bring it up here. Yes, I do. Let's do it. All right. Ready when you are. All right, Christine Biernett. Andrew Robinson. Francisco Ramirez. Michael Bauer. Uh, Colton Thompson. Heinrich Winterland. Tom Daniel Williams. Phil Knuckles. Ryan Latonin. Ray Rosh. Uh, Rob Miller. Uh, Robert uh, Ryan Payne. Nice. Colson uh, Kuliopoulos. Callie Onkin. Justin Kelly. Ruben Enriquez. Lachlan Skinner. Benny Haste. Charles Kim. Joseph Curran. Fred Castillo. Edward Wilshire. Jay Scotty St. Clair. Sub Jay Scotty. And Charles J. Clark. Yes. Sam Monselvy. Zachariah Kaufman. Jeff Dickin. Sean Labua. Francisco J. Torres. Connor Teal. Michael D. Dyke. Uh, Robert Francisco Suarece. Uh, Michael Kelly. Or Sorace. Sorry, I apologize for that. Tim Reimert. Brandon Monroe. Uh, Dominic Greaves. Cody Rexford. Eric Bruin. Matt Simmons. Kyle Beckworth. Jonathan Caro. Jeff Kelly. Jeremy Bowers. Josh Stetz. James Petty. Billy Williams. Christopher Brockman. Uh, Blake Gant. Haley Morton. Cameron Chapman. Alex Russell. Bobby Michael. Daniel McCarty. Stephen Armstrong. Uh, the great Paul Cree. Drew Burkhart. Stacy Flores. Luke Allison. Mark Fawcett. Kristen Kurtz. Bobby Carney. Gareth Weldon. Ian Horner. Timothy R. Williams. Chris Lemke. Uh, the In Love with Movies podcast, Nick Baldwin. Uh, Johanna Linavirta. Uh, JIC317. Uh, DJ Red Hot Cox. Me and Floyd. Jordan, Jordan Wiltshire. Kyle Spawn. Ahmad Ali. Darren Bush. Angela Dashner. James Winstead. Pasquale Bufamonte. Dan Petraglia. Bernie Knapp. Yeah. Sean Scott. Christopher McIntyre. Louis Berrigan. Uh, Josh Lawrence. Chelsea Lewis. Adelardo Fuente. Reagan Lovig. Uh, Rodrigo Valverde III. Manuel Rivera. Stephen Westaway. Lawrence Witt. Andre Constantinesco. Steve Schlockemeyer. Catherine Samuels. Oh, thank you. Todd Whitke. Houston Bodley. Roque Orellana. Keith Archer. Matt Hannigan. Maurice Robinson. Alan Snuffleupagus Bennett. Uh, Marcus Davenport. Brandon Caridi. Ravi Prasad. Joe Farrelly. Charlie McKenna. Gunner. R. Orkman Chaka. Yeah, Josh Mabry. Matthew Jansen. Ben Cartwright. Nizar Alabasi. John Douse. Juan Reyes. Josh Murphy. Josh Sachs. George Menchaca. Dale Varley. Cody Markham. Phil Neglia. Chris Consiglio. Wayne Murphy. Ashley Prowls. Edward Dobbins. Johannes Schmidt. David Gregson. Zujayanth Fernando. 
Christian Lungard Killer. Ian Brick Beltran Lopez. Evans Oler. Thorsten Almuller. Eric Bloor. Zach Butts. Jacob Poland. Philip Lane. Kevin Foss. Jen Kemp. Ben Archambault. Ryan McKenna. Andy Tan. Brian Akins. Mike Shea. So Mike. Alexander Marzonia. Garth Wizenant. Deborah Torres. Mike Barrington. Ed Buskirk. Jeff Saliba. Noel Kelleher. Jim Payne. Hey, the cinephile Steve. Thank you. David Mitchell Baker. Andy Ortiz. John Keefe. Nathan Williams. Kristen Smith. Yo, Matthew Lee Cravens. Marcel Behrman. James Trapani. Drew Inns. Dan Nye. Seth Shearer. Laura Deverson. Andrew Hayes. Matt Hewnd. Andrew Marker. Chris Jones. Luke Larson. Chris Cabrera. Uh, Julian Key. Robert Haley. Joey Anthony. Christos Alexakos. And finally, Anthony Casanova. Boom. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, our thanks to everybody that supports us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. Jump in there. Uh, we got that live show once again, February 4th at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time that is open to everybody. And then the 18th of February, a Thursday at noon. We're coming to your houses. You guys can sit in and watch us live as we do the show. And it goes out for the plebs. Let's just call them what they are. The plebs. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes out to everybody else on Tuesday and you can listen in, but you can watch us uh, on that Thursday on the 18th at noon Pacific standard time. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Can't wait to, uh, to see you guys there. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking forward to it. Come join us. Let's have some fun pseudo live show. Uh, without us being actually in your city, but we will virtually be in your city. So come join us live uh, for that. Come armed with the comments and your questions. We're going to have a lot of fun recording it live for I, sure. I think we should call it the first congregation for the book of Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and will you make the first, you know, will you make the first one? Exactly. We'll do, like we'll do a benediction. We'll do yeah. all of it. We'll do all of it. Yeah. I cannot wait. We got baptisms at the end. That's going to yep. be a lot of fun. I gotta I'm gonna get those priest robes out. I gotta <laughs> dust off those things. I got the incense thing and I can swing it around in the background. <laughs> do like a Gregorian chant. Hey, oh, hey, oh, hey. Just oh. <laughs> Dave is like Jesus with a mullet. Uh, all right. Which Gee, I he's not. class. How dare you? He's class. <laughs> all right. Well, we look forward to meeting the first congregation of the book of Dave. Absolutely. On the and uh you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, if you want, please check out Settle the Score or Dropping Dimes, which uh, you can find all that from me on Twitter at Matt Nost. And uh, check out our Instagram. It is at the Top 10 Podcast with the number 10. Yep. And shout out to Bobby Carney. He's doing great work for us on our social media. Much love to you, brother man. Uh, please follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And if uh, and remember, don't forget, we have a YouTube show in case you're listening to us and you haven't come over to the YouTube channel. Go over there, type in our names in YouTube and the top 10, and you'll see that channel there. Go and subscribe. That's how you're going to get a chance to watch us live, right? It's like watch our shows. You can watch all our shows on camera, but to watch us live, the $10 and above patrons, that's where you're going to need to go. And, uh, you know, you'll get the link, but why not subscribe as well? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, if you want, come on over to my channel as well. Uh, YouTube.com slash John Roca says come see all the stuff we got going on. We just crossed 15,000 subscribers. So, you know, piece by piece, step by step, come aboard uh, and see all we got going on. All right. That's it. Thank you all so much uh, for being here. And we'll talk to you. Oh, we got one more thing. Go ahead, Matt. Just real quickly. Uh, the- yes. 
It's youtube.com forward slash the top 10 podcast, just like the Instagram. Ah, okay. So number 10. There you go. I, we, right. I think we forget to say it every fucking week. We do. I know. That's why I try to throw the search, search terms in there. So I know. Uh, the top 10 podcast. I'm no help. I'm, <laughs> you, you're at least throwing search terms out. It's not like I'm over here. <laughs> with my, I just got my incense. I'm We're just doing our here. thing. Just swinging it around. Just swinging it around. Can't wait. Baby. Can't wait. It's oh, like my adultery, to- man. I'm just swinging the mic around. <laughs> I'm going to have to get an altar. It puts some candles out for the book of Dave. Perfect. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. Yeah.